Lesson number 157, Surah Maryam, Ayah 41 to 65. وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ Ibrahim And mention in the book Ibrahim. Meaning take a lesson from the story of Ibrahim السلام, as well. Because that is also relevant to you. Mention Ibrahim in the book, meaning in the Qur'an. In other words, remember his story, relate with it, Remember who Ibrahim السلام, was, what was his religion, what was his status, what were his accomplishments, what were his struggles. Innahu indeed he, kana he was Siddiqan Nabiya, Siddiqan, a man of truth, Nabiya, and he was also a prophet. He was always Siddiq. Siddiq meaning very, very truthful. Siddiq is from Sadiq. Sadiq, one who is truthful. And Siddiq is someone who is very, very truthful. Meaning someone who is very truthful, very sincere and genuine in his heart. Who is truthful in his speech. And his actions also confirm his words. There is no contradiction between his words, his statements and his actions. Someone who does what he says. Someone who never utters a lie. This was Ibrahim a.s. Siddiq. And he was also a prophet, a Nabi. Notice how the fact that he was Siddiq is mentioned before the fact that he was a prophet. Isn't the status of a prophet greater than someone who is truthful? Think about it. مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ Generally, Nabi comes first and Siddiq comes next. But over here, Siddiq is mentioned first and then the fact that he was a prophet. Why? Because before Ibrahim even received prophethood, his truthfulness was evident. He was known for his truthfulness, just like the Prophet Before he received prophethood, he was known as who? As-Sadiq wal-Ameen. Right? Someone who was truthful. So Ibrahim was a man of truth, a man of commitment, meaning someone who was committed to his faith. Siddiq, very committed to his faith, despite the hardships. If you think about it, Ibrahim السلام, as we will learn, was from a nation, from a people who believed in multiple idols. Idolatrous nation. And he was the only one, only one, who did not believe in those idols. Can you imagine? Doing something that contradicts the norm, the norms of the society that you're in, that takes a lot of commitment to what you believe in, right? And a lot of confidence and a lot of courage. So Ibrahim salam, he was committed to his faith despite the hardships. First of all, we see that he was not afraid to speak the truth. And we see this throughout his life when he was with his nation that he was born in, that he belonged to. And eventually when they threatened to throw him in the fire, and they actually did throw him in the fire, did he leave his faith? Did he reject his faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. But what happens to us? If we're suffering from an issue in our lives, and we make dua for one year, we say, God has failed me. He's disappointed me. Right? Is this sidq? Is this being committed to your faith? Is this being committed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We see Siddiqiyah in Ibrahim alayhi salam, in Zakariya alayhi salam. You know one of the interpretations of the ayah that إِذْ نَادَ رَبَّهُ نِدَاءً خَفِيَّةً The reason why 
Zakariya made a khafi dua was because he was so weak, he couldn't even you know, say his dua out loud. You know when you're feeling so weak from inside, from outside, you don't even have the energy to speak. You don't have it. So he was so frail. And when it is said, وَكَانَتِ مْرَأَةِ عَاقِرَةِ It shows that she has always been barren, meaning we tried to have children throughout our youth, but we failed. We never had children. But what did he say? وَلَمْ أَكُمْ بِدُعَائِكَ رَبِّ This is true faith. True faith. That you never lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You never ever have doubt in Him. In His existence, in the fact that He listens, in the fact that He decides the best. So Ibrahim salam in his journey, he faced many difficulties, but we never see him complaining about Allah. So much so that when he was thrown in the fire by his people, it is said that the angel Jibreel was sent to him to ask him, do you need help? Should we do something to help you? And he said, no. I expect help from only Allah. Siddiq committed to Allah. He didn't have doubt in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even a little bit. And then we see that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, Aslim, إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ Aslim, or Ibrahim surrender. What did he say? Aslamtu li Rabbil Alameen. I surrender to the Lord of the worlds. He said that I have surrendered. Do we all say we are Muslim? We all say we are Muslim, right? Alhamdulillah. But then what happens? Muslim is who? Someone who submits. Right? Muslim is also used for a camel that is being led by the owner, by the master. So what does a camel do? The camel just follows the master, right? He's being led, so he just goes. He doesn't stop and say, why should I go here? First tell me the logic, then I'll take the next step. First tell me the benefits, then I will follow. Ibrahim never said, but what's the wisdom behind this? And what's the benefit in this? Could you explain why? No. Allah said, Aslim, and He said, Aslam to, I have surrendered. And this is the reason why, whenever, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Ibrahim salam to do, did He do it? He did it. And one of the best examples for this is when He was instructed to slaughter His own son. Imagine, slaughter His own son. And what happened? He actually attempted, right? As we will learn inshallah in Surah Al-Safat, that Ibrahim was told, قَدْ صَدَقَ الرُّؤْيَةِ Meaning the dream, you have proven it to be true. Meaning you have fulfilled it. The command that you were given, you have done it. Siddiq. Now if you think about it, living by the truth, declaring the truth, initially it's easy. But does it always remain easy? No. It becomes difficult. It becomes challenging. And many people, what happens with them is that as soon as they face some difficulty in doing what is right, they can't handle it. They can't handle the difficulty. So they leave it. They say that, I can't do this. I can't handle this. They abandon it. But we see that Ibrahim, he was persecuted by his family. He was thrown in the fire. There were times when he was alone. He had to leave his wife Sarah in one place and then leave Hajar and Ismail in another place. He had... Children after such a long time, in extreme old age, and then we see that Ibrahim is constantly traveling back and forth. You know when you go to Mecca, and when you drive from Mecca to Medina, and you're going through that desert, you wonder, you know, I always think, Ibrahim he traveled through these deserts 
alone. And from here all the way to Sham, to Palestine, he was originally from Iraq. If you just look at the map, and these days, alhamdulillah, you will see that map a lot for other reasons, right? The area of Iraq, of Asham, Palestine, and Mecca, right? So when you see that map, think about the fact that Ibrahim was constantly going back and forth. Because he didn't just visit Ismail once or twice, multiple times. Siddiq al-Nabiyya. He was a man of truth. Someone committed to his faith. He never had any doubt. He was a prophet of Allah. إِذْ قَالَ لِأَبِيهِ When he said to his father, يَا أَبَتِ Oh my father. And it's not just, Oh my father. يَا أَبَتِ What does it mean? Oh my dear, dear, dear father. I love you my father. يَا أَبَتِ لِمَ تَعْبُدُ Why do you worship? مَا that which لَا يَسْمَعُ Does not hear. Why do you worship that object which does not hear? وَلَا يُبْصِرُ Nor does it see. وَلَا يُغْنِي عَنْكَ شَيْئًا And it will not benefit you at all. Anything. It doesn't give you any benefit. Doesn't save you from any loss. From any harm. Why do you worship this? Ibrahim salam's father. Who was he? What was his religion of? Shirk. Idolatry. Right? And if you think about it, shirk is something that is not just a major sin, akbar al-kabair, of the worst, of the greatest of sins, but it also seems to an average person something that's completely illogical. Now, if you see someone doing something that is wrong, and secondly, illogical, how would you address them? How is it that generally we address them? With respect and love? Is it? We become very condescending. Right? We forget the adab, the etiquette of speaking to them. But Ibrahim salam, look at the manner in which he addresses his father. He's not condescending. He's in fact very loving and very respectful. But because of that respect and courtesy, he does not fail to speak the truth either. What happens is that we go to extremes. Either we lose all respect and we condemn and we disrespect, we become very rude and harsh. Or we go to the other extreme of being very respectful and courteous and we say, yes, yes, you are right and you're perfectly fine and what you're doing is good. What do we see in Ibrahim salam? This perfect balance. And what is that? There is respect in the manner that he addresses his father, but at the same time he does not fail to speak the truth either. He questions his father in order to make his father think. He says, Oh my father, why are you worshipping something that doesn't hear, doesn't see, and cannot benefit you? Ya abati, oh my dear father, inni, indeed I, qad ja'ani, certainly it has come to me, min al-ilmi of knowledge, there is some knowledge that has come to me, that has been given to me, meaning Allah has given me some knowledge. And this knowledge, مَا لَمْ يَأْتِكَ It has not come to you. Meaning you don't know about it. فَاتَّبِعْنِي So follow me. أَهْدِكَ I will guide you. صِرَاطًا To a path that is sawiyya, that is sound. Sawiyya. We've done this word many times in Surah Maryam now. سِينْ What does it mean? To be smooth. And when something is smooth, it's not bumpy. What does it mean? It's free of any faults. Right? 
So sawi is also that which is free of any faults, flawless, sound, proper, as it should be. So he says to his father, Oh my father, there is some knowledge that Allah has given me and I understand that you don't know about this. So why don't you follow me? I'll tell you what to do. Again, he is respectful in the way that he addresses his father. You know, sometimes uh, our elders, whether they are our parents or grandparents, whoever they may be, or very, very, very old siblings, they don't know what's going on in the world. They don't know how to use a particular gadget. Hmm? They don't even know how to send a text message, for example. Right? They have an iPhone, they don't know how to send a message. So they ask us for help. How is it that we respond to them? You don't even know this? Why do you have an iPhone? Why do you have this thing? If you don't even know how to use it. Right? We become very harsh, very rude. What do we learn from the etiquette of Ibrahim a.s.? That even if someone who is older than us, if they don't know about something that you might think is very basic, still don't forget your adab. Don't forget your manners, etiquette, good akhlaq. Be gentle. Be helpful. يَا أَبَتِ إِنِّي قَدْ جَاءَنِي مِنَ الْعِلْمِ مَا لَمْ يَأْتِكَ فَاتَّبِعْنِي أَهْدِكَ صِرَاطًا سَوِيًّا What else do we see here in the words of Ibrahim a.s.? Does he care about the religion of his father? Yeah? Okay, the person sitting next to you, ask them. What do we learn about Ibrahim a.s. from this ayah? Okay, so what's the answer? Yes, he wants his father to be on the right path. He doesn't say, oh well, it's my father's choice. Right? He doesn't say that. He cares about his father. Now, what does this teach us? That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this blessing of Qur'an, this blessing of Hidayah, can we just keep it selfishly to ourselves and say, oh, other people, their choice, their decision, their life, can we do that? No. We have to be concerned about other people also. Because if a person has something of benefit, right, something that is good, that is valuable, that is of benefit, and they keep it to themselves, they don't tell others about it, they don't share it with others, what would you call that person? Selfish. I mean, if your brother gets this huge tub of ice cream, and he keeps it in the basement, in the freezer, and he doesn't even let you know that he has it, and after dinner you're looking for ice cream and you don't see it, And then later on at 11 o'clock you find him, you know, watching his movies and sitting with that ice cream. What would you say? You're so mean. You're so selfish. How could you keep it just to yourself? You know I was looking for it. I wanted some. And you didn't even give me? Huge tub that you can't even finish in one night. You could have at least given me a little bit, right? At least a little bit. So the person who has been given hidayah, remember, it's his responsibility to want that hidayah for others as well. Zakaria a.s. Did he want hidayah for his nation after him? Yes. Isa a.s. How was he? Mubarak. Right? وَجَعَلَنِي مُبَارَكًا أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُ Wherever I am. A source of benefit to the people. Ibrahim a.s. was also concerned for the guidance of his father. Ya abati, O oh my dear father, la ta'bud al-shaytan, do not worship the shaytan. 
إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ Indeed, shaytan كَانَ لِلْرَحْمَانِ He is ever to the most merciful. عَصِيَّا Very disobedient. عَصِيَّا from عَيْنْ صَادْ Yeah, عِصِيَان Disobedience. And عَصِيَّ عَصِيَّ Very disobedient. Always disobedient. Never obeys. Is shaytan disobedient? What's the evidence? Give me an ayah from the Qur'an that proves that shaytan is disobedient. فَفَسَقَ عَنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّهِ أَبَا وَاسْتَكْبَرَ Right? He refused to prostrate to Adam when Allah commanded him. So from the beginning of his record, what do we see? Disobedient, disobedient, disobedient. Now, Ibrahim a.s. father, was he actually worshipping shaitan? As in praying to shaitan, dedicating, you know, sacrifice everything for shaitan. Was he doing that? Then why is Ibrahim a.s. saying, don't worship the shaitan? When a person is worshipping other than Allah, then who is he obeying? Shaitan. And obedience essentially is what? Worship. So don't worship the shaitan because shaitan is disobedient to the most merciful. And this teaches us a lesson, which is that don't listen to those who are disobedient. People who have a bad record, don't listen to them. Don't do what they're telling you to do. Why? They're not going to tell you to do something good. Right? Ya abati, O my dear father, inni akhafu, indeed I fear, ayyamassaka adabu min ar-Rahman, that a punishment from the most merciful is going to touch you. It's going to afflict you. It's going to reach you. And when that punishment will reach you, then fatakuna lishaytani waliya, then you will be a friend of shaytan, his companion. Meaning you'll be with him in his final abode, hellfire. Do you notice something here? Ya abati, ya abati, ya abati. Again and again and again. What happens with us is, the first time we address someone, we're very nice and cheery and respectful and courteous. And the second time, that gentleness is a little bit less. It shrinks. And the third time, it shrinks a little bit more. And by the fourth, fifth time, it's gone. Completely gone. We start off being very nice with someone and we end up cursing them at the end. At the beginning we say, yes, I'm going to be very patient, very patient, but where does that sabr go? Out the window, over time. Why? Because we're getting frustrated. What do we see over here? Ibrahim talks to his father one way, then another way, then another way. He gives him one reason, another reason, another reason, another explanation. And if you think about it, each one of these things that he's mentioned over here, each point is sufficient on its own. So you would hope that if you've given someone convincing argument, they should listen to you. But when they don't listen to you, then you become upset. Which is why your sabr, it goes away. Which is why your gentleness turns into harshness. So who can remain you know, good consistently? Who can remain kind and gentle consistently? Who? The person... Who has sabr. And the person who's focused on the end goal. It's not about me. It's about them. I want the best for them. Right? Some people, even when it's about themselves, they have a lot of sabr. Like for example, telemarketers. Right? You yell at them, you curse them, and you hear people doing these things, right? Sometimes you're shocked. You never knew that your grandmother knew so much English. Until she started yelling at the telemarketer. 
Right? But then what happens? That poor guy will apologize, and then after one week he will call again. Why? He wants money for himself. Right? So, why is it that we tolerate abuse from other people when we're getting something? Anything. Any khair, any benefit. Ibrahim a.s. he's consistently polite in his manner, in the way that he speaks to his father. Why is it that he's not getting frustrated? Because he wants his father to be guided. And you know, it's amazing how this is a son addressing his father. Generally it's the other way around. Parents are concerned about their children. They're so concerned about their children that you'll find parents letting their children do things that you completely disagree with, but the only reason why they're allowing them is so that their child will be happy with them. So maybe he will listen eventually. Ya abati, la ta'budu shaytan inna shaytana kana lil-rahmani asiyya. Ya abati, inni akhafu an yamassaka adhabu min rahman Now notice how he's warning his father in this ayah. Right? He's warning him that if you don't believe, then I'm afraid that there will be punishment. There will be punishment. فَتَكُونَ لِلشَّيْطَانِ وَلِيَّةِ Now again, this is the truth. This is part of being Siddiq. That you don't sugarcoat the reality. You don't misrepresent it. Right? You don't water it down. You present it as it is. Because that is the truth. That is the reality. If you're telling somebody, it's okay, do wrong. You know, for example, there are certain things which are clearly haram. But people don't want to accept them. And they say, it's okay, it's okay, do it, do it. Allah is forgiving and merciful. Then you are deceiving yourself and other people. Because you're saying something is okay does not make it okay when Allah has said it's not okay. This is not mercy. This is not being good to the other person. This is what? Being very unfair with them. You know, for example, for instance, you're learning a particular skill and your instructor tells you, this is okay. Chalega. It'll work. You know, no big deal. And you do it. You do it. You think it's not a big deal. And then you get into trouble. Who do you blame then? Who do you blame? Your instructor. Do you just blame them or do you become upset with them? You become angry with them. Why didn't you tell me? Why did you hide this from me? So remember... Telling people about hellfire, about the punishment of the akhirah, is not being, you know, someone who is scaring them. This is what? Telling them about reality. Telling them about haq. This is justice. In fact, this is mercy. And if you don't tell them about reality, that is bull. So Ibrahim warns his father about the punishment. But do you notice something? عَذَابٌ مِنَ Rahman. Now tell the person sitting next to you, why the name Ar-Rahman? Tell the person sitting next to you, not me. So what's the answer? Okay. If you think about it, this is the context of Adab. Right? I mean, he's warning his father about punishment. So, why not a name such as Shadidul Iqab or Jabbar 
Why not a name like that? Why Rahman? Hope. Exactly. That realize that your Lord is Ar-Rahman. He's basically reminding his father of Allah's constant perpetual favors, even upon those who turn away from him. And if Ar-Rahman is punishing, then the punishment is only for those who truly deserve it. And he is Ar-Rahman. So if you have made a mistake, there is hope for you. You can always turn back to him. You can do tawbah while you have the time. So we learn from this that when we're telling people about the akhirah, about the reality, then tell them about Allah's Rahmah as well. Not just punishment, but also Rahmah. And even when you are mentioning the punishment, then give hope. Give hope. Always give hope. Qala, Ibrahim alayhi father, he said, Araghibun anta? Ah, what? Raghibun anta? An alihati? Raghibun. From raghain ba. Raghiba. Yarghabu. To incline towards something or someone. And notice how Araghibun anta yu an away from. So raghiba, when it's followed by an, it means to turn away, to hate, to abhor. So, أَرَاغِبٌ أَنْتَ عَنْ آلِهَةِ يَا إِبْرَاهِيمُ O Ibrahim, you hate my idols? You hate my gods? You're turning away from them? Did Ibrahim say anywhere over here that I hate these idols of yours? Did he say that? No, he didn't. What did he say about the idols? That these things don't listen, don't hear, they don't benefit you. And was that a false statement? No, it was not a false statement. And then the rest of his address was all about who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was all about the other side of the message. About tawheed basically. Warning of the akhirah. But his father completely ignores everything that Ibrahim alayhi salam has said. And he says, لَإِلَّمْ تَنْتَهِ If you do not stop, لَأَرْجُمَنَّكَ I'm going to stone you to death. I'm going to kill you. He's giving him a death threat. وَهْجُرْنِي And leave me. Maliyya for a long, long time. Maliyya from Mim Lamwal means Dahar Tawil, meaning a long period of time. In other words, what his father is saying to him is, I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to see your face, just go away. And if I see you, and you say what you have said right now, I'm going to kill you. What is he doing? He's closing every door of communication. Go away. I don't want to see you. Don't talk about this. If you talk about it, I'm going to kill you. What is he saying? I'm not interested in what you have to tell me. Not interested at all. Now imagine yourself in this position. You are reprimanded so harshly. You talk to someone so gently, so nicely. You're consistently good with them. You're patient. And what's the response that you get? A death threat. قَالَ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكَ Ibrahim salam said, Peace be on you. Salamun alaik. When do you say assalamu alaikum? When you meet someone and also when you are going away, when you're leaving them. So he's saying salamun alaik, what does it mean? Okay, you want me to go? Fine, I will leave. Bye. Salamun alaik. And also salamun alaik, peace be on you, what does it mean? That you're not going to get any harm from my side. I'm not going to harm you in return. 
I'm not going to harm you, I'm not going to threaten you in return. If someone threatens us, what do we do in return? We give them a bigger threat. Ibrahim a.s. says, Salamun alayk. سَأَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكَ I will ask forgiveness for you from my Lord. Because you're still my father. Even though you have been so harsh to me, and even though you don't want to accept what I'm telling you, still I will ask Allah to forgive you. Because you are my father. I will beg Allah to forgive you, to give you the ability to repent. إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِحَفِيَّةً Indeed, my Lord, He is ever with me, حَفِي حَفِي From the root letters, حَفَاوَا حَفَاوَا is to ask about someone. To inquire about someone. When do you ask about someone? You know, for example, you meet a person for the first time at your friend's house. And then you had a nice conversation with them, but you forgot their name. So later on, you ask your friend, what was her name? Why are you asking? Why are you asking? Think about it. Why would you ask about someone's name? Because there is some interest. Right? You have some interest in that individual. You had a very interesting conversation with them. They told you about this big sale that's going to happen next week. And you really want to go there. So you want their names so that at least you can find them on Facebook and get in touch with them. Hmm? To ask them about that big sale. Or they tell you they work for a particular clothing store and they get this big discount every time they bring a guest or something. So you want to make sure that you benefit from them. Right? So you are interested in them and this is the reason why you will ask about them. If you didn't come to class and your friend messages you, everything okay? I didn't see you. What does that mean? What does that mean? They care about you. So remember that when someone asks about another, what does it mean? They care about them. They care about them. This is the meaning of the word hafawa. Now hafi has two meanings. One meaning is hafi meaning very kind. He cares about me. Look at what Ibrahim salam is saying about Allah. Innahu kana bi hafiya. My Lord cares about me. Do we believe in that? Allah cares about me. But unfortunately, when something doesn't go the way we want it to go, when something doesn't work out the way we want it to, what do we say? Allah doesn't care about me. God doesn't care about us. He's forgotten us. He's ignored us. I'm a very bad person. I must be very, very sinful. I must have done something seriously wrong that he's very angry with me. That he's not responding to my prayers. Ibrahim is rejected by his father in such a harsh way. And what does Ibrahim say? My Lord really cares about me. When we have a bad experience somewhere, do we think Allah cares about me? Or do we think Allah does not care about me? This is Siddiq. Siddiq. That no matter what happens in his life, good or bad, a positive experience or a negative experience, painful experience or a happy experience, he thinks positively about Allah. 
Zakariya alayhi salam also, what did he say? Walam akun bidu'aika rabbi shaqiyya. He didn't say, Ya Allah, we've been trying for so long to have a child. What's going on? No. Walam akun bidu'aika rabbi shaqiyya. I have never been disappointed in calling to you, my Lord. This is the characteristic of the prophets of Allah. They were very hopeful in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They placed all their trust in Him. They expected only good from Allah. And that is what they received. إِنَّهُ كَانَ Then the word hafi also means alim, someone who is knowledgeable, someone who is well informed, who is thoroughly aware. He knows my situation. He knows my circumstances. Because obviously the one who's, you know, for example, a human being, when they're asking a lot about you, what does it mean? They know you. Right? They know you. They know your situation. They know your circumstances. Now, when we find out that there's a particular person who's really, you know, looking out for us, they make sure everything's okay with us, they know where I am, they know what I'm going through. Just knowing this, that someone cares, does it make you feel better? Yeah? So for example, if you're sick with a fever, five of your friends message you, right? What's going on? Are you okay? And you respond to them, I have a fever. You know, even though you're telling the whole world about the fact that you're sick, that makes you feel good. And if nobody asks us, that makes us feel worse. We keep checking our phones, nobody's asking, nobody's asking, nobody's checking. Nobody noticed that I was not there. Nobody cares for me. And then what happens? If nobody messaged us, we ask them, Hey, by the way, I am sick. Come visit the sick and get some reward. <laughs> right? We want people to pay attention to us, to care about us, to know about what is going on in our lives. This is why we're advertising everything that's going on in our lives all the time. Updating our, what do you call it? Status or something, right? So we're constantly seeking attention. Because we want to feel loved. Ibrahim a.s. Remember, he's not married at this point. He doesn't have a son. He doesn't have a big following. He speaks to his father and his father says, Go away, otherwise I'm going to kill you. He's all alone. What does he say? My Lord, إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِحَفِيَّةٍ Allah cares about me. Allah knows the situation that I am in. And that's enough for me. Because this is part of a plan. And if he allowed this to happen, then there must be some khair. This is loving Allah. This is trusting upon Allah. إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِحَفِيَّةٍ وَأَعْتَزِلُكُمْ He says, and I will leave you. You tell me to go away? Okay, I will go away. أَعْتَزِلُ from اِعْتَزَلَ To move away, to separate oneself from someone, to withdraw. Notice how his father said, أُجُرْنِي مَلِيَّةٍ Leave me for a long time. Ibrahim a.s. says, أَعْتَزِلُكُمْ He doesn't use the same word. You know why? Because أُهْجُرْنِي مَلِيَّ is more harsh. It's more stern. And أَعْتَزِلُ is polite. It is more polite. It's like, you know, when a person is moving out from their parents' house, they could use different words to refer to that. Right? You know, for example, they could say, I'm, I'm running away. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. As opposed to, I'm moving. What's more polite? I'm getting out of here or I'm moving? 
I'm moving. It's more polite. So Ibrahim alayhi father, he was very harsh with him. But Ibrahim alayhi again now, we see that he's not rude. He's not harsh. He says, okay, I will go away. وَمَا تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ And I will also leave those whom you invoke besides Allah. وَأَدْعُوا رَبِّي And I will call upon my Lord. Meaning, I will worship Him alone. I will not worship what you're worshiping. أَدْعُوا رَبِّي I will only worship my Lord. And also this means, I will make dua to my Lord. I will pray to Him. I will ask Him. I will beg Him to guide me, to forgive you, to guide you. Asa, I expect Allah akuna that I will not be bidu'a'i rabbi by calling out to my Lord shaqiyya unhappy I expect I'm very hopeful that when I will invoke my Lord I will not be unhappy again what theme is being repeated dua this is a message that we are being given call upon Allah when you are distressed when you have been rejected when you are in need when you are alone Ask him. Do not give up asking him. فَلَمَّا Then when اِعْتَزَلَهُمْ He moved away from them. Ibrahim was originally from Iraq. He left them. He went away and he went towards Asham. وَمَا يَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ And he also left those beings that those people worship besides Allah. So his family was replaced by who? Which family did Ibrahim have at this point? It was just Lut his nephew, and Sarah. That's it. Two individuals he knew who believed in him. Now, you know when you are moving away from somewhere, when you have to leave something, what gives you hope? What gives you hope? But okay, alhamdulillah, I'm going to this place, which is also a lot of fun. Or at least I have these friends over here. You know, for instance, if you have to move from one city to another, for some people it's a very difficult decision. What gives them hope? That, yeah, I've heard there's a big Muslim community. I've heard there's lots of halal restaurants. I've heard, you know, there's lots of masajid. That gives you hope. Right? That makes leaving your city easier. Right? It makes that moving process easier. You have something else to look forward to. You know, for example, a girl is leaving her parents' house because she's getting married. So okay, she's not going to be living with her parents anymore, but what is it that she's looking forward to? A new family. Right? That makes the move easier. Ibrahim salam, when he was leaving his people, what did he have? Nothing. Only faith in Allah. My Lord will not abandon me. Because He cares about me. He knows my situation. So what happened? He made the move, trusting on Allah alone, hoping from Allah alone. And did Allah disappoint him? Not at all. وَهَبَنَا لَهُ إِسْحَاقِ We gifted him Ishaq. The gift of a son, Ishaq a.s. And it didn't just stop there. وَيَعْقُوبَ And also a grandson, Ya'qub. وَكُلًّا جَعَلْنَا نَبِيًّا And each we made a prophet. Ibrahim a.s. His son became a prophet. His grandson became a prophet. In fact, all of the prophets that came after him came from his descendants. You leave one thing for Allah. Allah will give you something 
better. Allah will give you more than you can imagine. But it's that leaving which is most difficult. It's very scary. It's very frightening. That is where you need tawakkul. Allah, I'm leaving this for you. I'm accepting this for your sake, for your pleasure. And I know you care about me. I know you know better about my situation. So you will bless me with something better. And that happened. Now remember, this is a Makki surah, right? Where was the Prophet ﷺ? In Makkah. What was he facing? A lot of persecution. Friends were turning into enemies. People who respected him now insulted him. Right? So obviously you wonder that if you're in a situation like that, that since I have begun this new thing, life is becoming difficult. It's becoming challenging. But the Prophet ﷺ is given hope over here. That don't worry. If something is being taken away from you today, Allah will replace it with something better. And in this is hope for all of us. وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُمْ And we granted them, all of them, all of who? Father, son, grandson. Ibrahim a.s., Ishaq a.s., Yaqub a.s., all three that are mentioned over here. We gifted to all of them مِن رَحْمَتِنَا from our mercy. What mercy? What were they given? First of all, family. Family. Children. Grandchildren. Loved ones. And not just that. Knowledge. Prophethood. Hidayah. Guidance. Exactly. And moreover, honor. Prestige. وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُمْ مِنْ رَحْمَتِنَا وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ And we made for them, meaning we assigned for them لِسَانَ صِدْقٍ عَلِيَّ Lisan. What does lisan mean? Tongue. What do you do with your tongue? You talk. Right? You speak. This is why the word lisan is also used for language. And over here, it is being used for good mention. Lisan meaning good mention. Dhikrul hasan. Good mention. So we assigned for them good mention. That was of sidq. Of truth. Sidq. What does sidq mean? Truth. Meaning, they had a good reputation. They were all mentioned in good words. And that good reputation, those words of praise, were genuine. It was not fake praise. But it was something that they were truly deserving of. You know, for instance, many people become famous. And there are many others that become infamous. Right? Some people, their name is remembered. It is well known. They have an established reputation in a positive way. But others, they have it in a negative way. Right? Or some people, their name is known. I mean, throughout history, they're mentioned, they're studied. But it's not really true. Whatever is mentioned about them is just fake. It's just made up. It's been exaggerated. But over here, we see that Ibrahim and his children, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assigned in their share, that they should be remembered and they should be spoken of and they should be mentioned in a positive way, they should be praised, it was sidq. It was true. They were deserving of that praise. And aliyya, ali, ain lam wa ulu is to be high. So aliyya meaning exalted, lofty. In other words, they are all remembered well. They all have a reputation of high honor. They're mentioned with a lot of respect. 
good and noble praise and they are deserving of it. And if you think about it, all three of them, they're mentioned in a positive way, in a good way. They have a high status in all the Abrahamic faiths, in Islam, in Judaism, in Christianity. Right? So, لِسَانَ صِدْقٍ عَلَيَّ Ibrahim was the same one who was alone, whose father said, I'm going to stone you to death. And you know, stoning to death, it's not just being killed. There's humiliation in this. Disgrace, helplessness. But what happened to that same person? وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ لِسَانَ صِدْقٍ And if you think about it as Muslims especially, do we remember Ibrahim in a positive way? How often? In our salah. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammadin kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim. In the morning du'as also. Which du'a mentions Ibrahim alayhi salam? Asbahna ala fitrat al-Islam wa ala kalimat al-Ikhlas wa ala deen nabiyyina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala مِلَّةِ أَبِينَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ لِسَانَ صِدْقٍ عَلِيَّةٍ Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صِدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا إِذْ قَالَ لِأَبِيهِ يَا لِمَ تَعْبُدُ مَا لَا يَسْمَعُ وَلَا يُبْصِرُ وَلَا يُغْنِي عَنكَ شَيْئًا يَا أَبَتِ إِنِّي قَدْ جَاءَنِي مِنَ الْعِلْمِ مَا لَمْ يَأْتِكَ فَاتَّبِعْنِي فَاتَّبِعْنِي أَهْدِكَ صِرَاطًا سَوِيًّا يَا أَبَتِ لَا تَعْبُدِ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ كَانَ لِلرَّحْمَنِ عَصِيًّا يَا أَبَتِ إِنِّي أَخَافُ أَن يَمَسَّكَ عَذَابٌ مِّنَ الرَّحْمَنِ فَتَكُونَ لِلشَّيْطَانِ وَلِيًّا قَالَ أَرَاغِبٌ أَنْتَ عَنْ آلِهَتِي يَا إِبْرَاهِيمِ لَئِنْ لَمْ تَنْتَهِ لَأَرْجُمَنَّكَ وَاهْجُرْنِي مَلِيًّا قَالَ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكَ سَأَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكَ رَبِّي وَأَعْتَزِلُكُمْ وَمَا تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ وَأَدْعُو رَبِّي عَسَى أَلَّا أَكُونَ بِدُعَاءِ رَبِّي شَقِيًّا فَلَمَّا اعْتَزَلَهُمْ وَمَا يَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ وَهَبْنَا Let's 
So these words, إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِحَفِيَّةٍ Write them down somewhere. So that you can see them regularly. Share them. You know your status or something? Put it over there. إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِحَفِيَّةٍ And put the translation also. Because these words give so much hope. That no matter what you're going through, this realization that Allah is still very kind, He still cares, He knows, these words are very comforting.